so the whole scale just completely lost any meaning. Yeah. Because it's like, well, you need to go five, or he might get sacked, and it's because of you. You <laughs> gave him four, so oh my gosh, I don't want that pressure. The number of times where I see, like, you know, blind metrics used, right? So I was at one, one organization, and we put in a new help desk system, and it was about, you know, everybody on the service desk team was, you know, measured on how many knowledge base articles like went in this thing to make sure everybody was contributing, which was great for the first month. We had all the great ones go in. And the second month it got a bit, we had a few ropey. By the third and fourth month, everybody's just slamming crap into the knowledge base so nobody could find anything. It's like yeah. stop your silly metrics, really. Yeah. Unless they're driving the right right behaviors. I've seen where we've got credit control people incentivized like you know they get paid more when they collect older debts which sounds really good until you think of the, the consequence that yeah. they don't collect debts until <laughs> they get old right? <laughs> what what are we doing <laughs> but it's all these you, wonderful metrics yeah you get the behavior you measure um if you're measuring lines of code, I, I remember I went to an interview for an organization and their idea of bonuses was the number of lines of code you write. I mean, like, no, that's terrible. <laughs> because you can write a line, you can write 10,000 lines of code to do write, to you can write 10 lines of 10,000 lines of code to do one thing. Or you can write a paragraph or like five, six lines that does the same thing. But, the guy who's working smarter is going to get no bonuses, but the guy who just <laughs> wrote 10,000 lines of code, oh, it's, it's, it's all over the place, isn't it? Let's measure bugs in code, right? And <laughs> reward people who have no bugs. So everybody spends forever <laughs> like, making sure there's no bugs and don't release anything. It's absolutely it's, the most ridiculous or fix thing. bugs. The number of bugs they fix, which is even worse, because what they do, they just put bugs in the code. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to fix later. Yeah, I, I think good metrics. Yeah, that, that yeah. I, I, one of the consultancies I worked for, right? I had a metric that I had to have two consultations with my clients of like at least fifteen minutes a month, which was absolutely ridiculous, right? Because what value can you get in fifteen minutes? But that was the first part of the problem. But the next one was whether the client had anything to talk about or not. It's a blind metric that leads to really annoying behaviors. It's like, I'm sorry, computer says I have to like, have a consultation with you <laughs> so you don't forget who I am. <laughs> I'd rather you waited until you had something good to talk about, and then we'll have a good conversation. It's like, really? Yeah. I mean, metrics is one, but I guess it's more like you're, if you stop people from saying stuff, then you're always going to end up with the worst result, aren't you? Because I've... You know, I work for myself now, and I if I get some direct clients that come and speak to me, I'm you know hopefully helping them on the initial call. So you know, why do you want to do what you're proposing? Like you come up with a solution. Like, well, what's the problem that's that you're trying to fix, and why do you think that solution is going to fix it? Whereas sometimes I you know get referrals through IT companies, and they're like. Well, the client said they want to do this. They want to, someone to go in for three months and do blah, blah, blah. So why, why, why do they want to do that? Why are they spending so much money doing that? It's like, because, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen based on my experience. 
they're not going to get the result they want. And they're like, well, you know, do you want me to go back to the customer and tell them that they're they're stupid? Because they're thinking like, well, yeah, basically, but not in so <laughs> many words. But it's like, you need to explain to them like what they've proposed. If they're seeking external help, then they don't know what to do. So then, then coming up with what they th- think the solution is and then you blindly doing it with both of us thinking that it's not going to work surely is yeah. unethical at least at the at least it's like why are you taking their money if you don't think that their solution is going to work because you're going to because it's no one's going to win because you're going to do it they won't get the results and then they'll think you're rubbish <laughs> for doing something that hasn't worked so it's like yeah. you need to be able to whether it's your boss or a client or whatever you got to be able to like and the, uh, even the metrics and this is just a rubbish metric because it's making me do this i always think of whenever sales has metrics i always think of our gp whereas like you they force a bottleneck into their own system because you have to phone up half past eight and then you can e- e- either get an appointment the same day or the same day in two weeks time because the government's told them they have to see see people in two weeks it's like, well, I don't want to see you. It's not urgent. I just want to see you in three weeks. I just want to be able to book in whenever yeah. I'm free. It's like, no, you can't do that. Why? Because I have to see you in two weeks. Like, well, I, don't, well, I don't want to see you in two weeks. I don't want to see you either today or today in two weeks and nowhere in between and nowhere after. That makes zero sense. Yeah. Like, well, that's, what the met- that's the behavior that the metric has driven. There was but, a yeah. book I remember reading about, uh, I think it's called The Tyranny of Metrics. I'll yes. have to... It is it. exactly called that, Ali. Yeah, it's called. I mean, the, the, the title alone got me to buy the book. I mean, the title was <laughs> so good. But I was talking about you know, doctors in America. Now, this is a US-based data. They, 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 they look at metrics in loads of different places and about teachers. And but this one really stood out for me about surgeons, about good surgeons and the rates of. So to be a good surgeon, you have to have like a certain percentage of your your, your clients, your well, your patients rather, have to survive. So what happens is a lot of surgeons don't do difficult surgeries because they, yeah. if their mm. uh, patient dies, then they get a bad reputation. So what happens is there's loads of these great surgeons who never do any tough surgeries, but there's these other surgeons who do these tough surgeries to save lives, but they have bad <laughs> record because obviously somebody has to do it. Yeah, and yeah. if you're not going to do it, you're going to have a great record. Amazing. But this guy has to, he wants to save lives. But because he wants to save lives, people die. It's the nature of the business for them. So so they get they get really bad. So, the, so they won't get any bonuses. They, won't, they, might, they might find it more difficult to get hired um, at the next hospital. And also, what it does mean, a lot of people find it difficult to find good surgeons because... Nobody wants to do the good surgeons. None of them want to do the operation. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so the same. It like, risk people's lives. No, but it's, it's it's similar. Like the lesser, like the the kind of Gartner analysts. Um, uh, you know, we have a Gartner service, and, and I'm very pleased with it. But it's the, the the analysts are rated. They have these QVRs, these quick value ratings, where. Uh, and it's funny how different cultures rate. So if you come, how valuable was the call to you today? That kind of thing, and and you know. Americans are like, you know, often give fives to things that are all right. And British can be a little bit more, I don't know, miserable. <laughs> like, you know, we, we might go, it was really good, but that's a four. 
did it blow my absolute <laughs> socks off? <laughs> no, so we're a little bit more. But it's it, it really means that like the analysts, where they could be of incredible help if they don't quite know, but are prepared to be like a thought partner with you or think with you or try and work something out. You know, so they they'll refuse calls on things that it's like I'd rather not than not quite know a hundred percent. And I think that's what we're talking about. In you know, we have we just don't quite feel confident in. I guess it's back to that vulnerability thing. It's like we need to sort of go. I have not got a Scooby Doo. Right? I don't know. <laughs> I can help you like think it through. Uh, and I think that's probably mm. what, what I'm getting better at being older is is just knowing that we we start ignorant and we die ignorant. And somewhere between you get to know some stuff, but it might not be this stuff, and somebody's always going to know more. But that doesn't mean you're useless. Maybe. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the thing. Right? <laughs> uh, the, 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 more, the more knowledge you gain, the more knowledge you gain, the more you realise how little you know. And uh, this is always the, uh, the the problem that you can actually see in, the, in my industry, in the, the agile coaching or agile world, is you got these people who just start, they know very little, they're very confident because they've got the passion, and then they get they know a little, and then they, they all of a sudden start, you know, yeah, yeah, advising yeah. organizations on how to work. I'm like... Yeah, no, what, what, I've, I've, I've done my like two days Scrum Alliance course. <laughs> I've done my yeah. two days I, and I'm I a Scrum you. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't walk into a room and say, yeah, this is how you're going to do it. <laughs> what I've learned, <laughs> I have to spend the first couple of weeks just to understand the, the people, the politics, the, the dynamics, before I can even open my mouth and give any uh, suggestions or any, you know, like that's why I go to organizations. I do sometimes I do uh, surveys. And by surveys, I mean I interview people. To you know, I'll have a set of questions that I need to ask to understand the you know the goals, uh, aspirations. Uh, each individual has their own you know personality. Obviously, uh, you know the whole you know how how can you how how can we get the best out of people? So this is where it's so important you know to get that the, the right level of understanding and right group of people in there like a lot of people are measuring the wrong things in a lot of organizations and we end up with the, mm. the wrong behavior like it just reminded me of uber when you're on about the the, the five-star thing and the the different cultural difference between brits and the us it's like you <laughs> you're like i don't want the guy to lose his job but yeah. he rocks up in a you know not a dirty but not a clean prius and he took me to where i wanted to go it's like how good do you want how good it's you want it to be star, it's like it? yeah it's fine it's not star it's all right so i was like yeah i'm happy to give him three but like yeah. the three should be the goal where it's like if you give him anything less than five he might lose his yeah. job so like, well, then i'm forced to give five stars I'm like, well i don't want to lose so the whole scale has just completely lost any meaning yeah it's like well you need to give him five man. or he might get sacked and it's because of you you gave him four so oh my gosh i don't want that pressure i just want to go down the town and not drive yeah, yeah. 